Tony Campolo here, inviting you and in the United Kingdom and our listeners around the world to stay tuned for the next half hour. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a variety of subjects, but uh, the name of this show is From Across the Pond. So named because we put the show together here at uh, uh, the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm actually in the studios of Cabrini University, which sits across the street from uh, Eastern University. Eastern is an evangelical school uh, that uh, has been part of my life for over 50 years. Uh, Shane Claiborne, who usually does the show with me, is a graduate from that school, and um, uh, he continues to be loyal to the old alma mater. Uh, we advocate and promote Red Letter Christianity on this show. You say, I, I don't know what Red Letter Christianity is. Well, there are many of us here in the United States who are reluctant to use the word evangelical for ourselves simply because it has become politicized. The word evangelical has become politicized. Uh, A guy like myself, I'm evangelical in my theology. I believe in the doctrines of the Apostles' Creed. I believe that salvation comes through a personal relationship with the resurrected Jesus. I believe the Bible was written by Uh, people who were inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, who guided their writing to keep them from misleading the readers so that it's an infallible guide for faith and practice. In all these respects, I am evangelical. I have those beliefs. But having said that, um, I don't like calling myself an evangelical anymore, not here in the United States, where the word evangelical is now uh, married Uh, to Donald Trump. Uh, That's his base. He proudly says the evangelicals are in my camp. Uh, In spite of his uh, wild sexual activities uh, with call girls and who knows what else, uh, regardless of uh, his uh, own confessions uh, on tape about uh, how he has uh, physically accosted women, in spite of the fact that those who keep track of lies in the media can point out that at least 5,000 times in the last two years he has lied significantly to the American people. Um, They keep on saying he's our man, he's our man. Um, The fact that Donald Trump has pursued a policy towards immigrants, uh, labeling them uh, in stereotypical manner, as saying they're rapists, they're murderers, they're uh, prostitutes, they're drug addicts, they're drug pushers. Um, the truth, and then he adds, oh, I, I will admit that some of them are very decent people. Oh, wow, wonderful to see, be so generous as to make that statement. But that stereotypical pronouncement of his about immigrants uh, has, in fact, created a very anti-immigrant attitude here in the United States. That was evident over the last... A little while, a while back, you probably heard about these uh, mass shootings uh, at the uh, Texas border. And the uh, guy who was responsible for one of these massive shootings, scores of people were killed and wounded. Uh, He says, I did it because I I believe uh, that immigrants are rapists and murderers and thieves and prostitutes and drug pushers. Where did he get these ideas? Well, he got a lot of these ideas, according to most of the pundits, uh, 
on radio and television from the President of the United States. He's the one who's been saying these people are, and he uses the word, which is a horrible word, invading this country. They're not immigrants. They're invading this country. And uh, so, you know, we don't want to be associated with a guy who treats immigrants that way. Uh, the United States is an immigrant nation. The only uh, people who have a right to call themselves true Americans are uh, the Native American Indians. Uh, we, we, the rest of us, the uh, millions and millions of people that make up the overwhelming majority of this country are either immigrants or the children of immigrants. It should be noted that a year, year ago, yes, I believe it was just a year ago, we crossed a line wherein more than half of the people who live in the United States right now were not born in the United States. That's an incredible figure when you stop to think about it. We were a nation of immigrants, and yet we got uh, people following Donald Trump as saying uh, these immigrants are people who are evil and are uh, people who are a threat to what America is all about. We don't want to be identified with that. We don't want to be identified with uh, those people who basically are anti-Palestinians. People like Shane Claiborne and myself are very pro-Israel in the right that we say the Jewish people have a nation now, and we believe that that nation should be protected. The state of Israel should, in fact, be recognized by the Arab neighbors. You say, well, uh, we have some questions as to how the country got started and whether uh, the United Nations that gave birth to the state of Israel had a right to do that. Well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but the fact is that there are now several million people living in what we call the Holy Land and uh, constitute uh, the state of Israel, uh, and a nation that takes its place among the other nations of the world, Israel. We uh, want to support the continuation of the state of Israel. We want the Jewish people to know that we have their support in uh, holding off those who would destroy uh, Israel. Uh, We are empathetic uh, with those uh, Israeli people who say uh, we're we're threatened by, uh, by Arab nations who say we will settle for nothing less than the destruction of the state of Israel. Um, all that Israel asks from, from most of the Arab states is just recognize our right to exist. Uh, please give us the right to exist. Uh, and uh, uh, there are many uh, Arab nations that won't do that and say uh, uh, the state of Israel should not exist. Well, whatever its origins, and um, its origins were what? More than 50 years ago, uh, that uh, it's over. Uh, these people are there. Millions of them are there. They're not going to go away. It's time to realistically come to grips with the fact that the Jewish people are in Israel and should be recognized as having a nation of their own, and we need to protect that nation against those who would destroy it. Having said that, there's a big difference between being pro-Israel and being pro the policies of the Israeli government. The Israeli government has been moving into Palestinian territory. Uh, When the uh, Palestinian area was partitioned in 1958, um, excuse me, 1948, when it was partitioned in 1948, 
a certain amount of land, according to the United Nations, was ceded to the Israelis, and a certain proportion of the land was uh, designated for Palestinians, specifically the uh, West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Well, over the years, uh, the uh, uh, Israeli government has allowed for and supported uh, Israeli people moving into the Palestinian territory, moving into the West Bank with bulldozers, leveling the houses, uh, taking the land away from the Palestinian people, and, and building, uh, and building uh, settlements there. And so there are more than a half a million people now living on settlements in land that was designated for the Palestinian people. We think that's wrong. We believe that we must be supportive of the Palestinian people and acknowledge their right to a homeland, just as we simultaneously support the state of Israel and their right to a homeland. We think it's time for peace to be in the Middle East. If there's going to be a World War III, according to Samuel Huntington, the one-time Harvard political scientist, that World War III will probably start in the Middle East. And it will probably be a war between uh, the uh, Muslim nations of the world against the West. That's a horrible prediction. I don't believe that most Muslim people want war. But uh, they're being agitated. They're being pushed. And the truth is that as the Israeli uh, government uh, allows for these illegal settlements to be established in the West Bank. There is uh, more and more outrage among Arab peoples, more and more anger that uh, will result in some kind of war uh, unless uh, peace comes to bear. And so Jesus calls us to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Well, I'm afraid the evangelical community has not acted as, uh, as peacemakers. The truth is that um, among, uh, is among many, if not m most, high-profile evangelical leaders, uh, people uh, who are on television, who are on the radio, they're saying God wants the entire area that, uh, the entire area that uh, uh, we call Palestine to be in the hands of the Jewish people. And that Christ's return is somehow contingent on uh, the Jewish people being the sole possessors of, uh, of Palestine. Uh, they have biblical support for their claim. Um, they say, uh, go to Genesis, uh, the 15th chapter, the 18th verse. You'll see that uh, God promised to the seed of Abraham all the land that would reach from, uh, from the Nile to the Euphrates River. That means it takes in the Sinai, it takes in uh, part of Iraq and part of Iran, and uh, certainly takes in all of Lebanon and, uh, and what we now call uh, the Holy Land, i.e. Palestine, all of this land. Well, you know, it's, this is not politically feasible without war, and we want to be peacemakers. Furthermore, when the Bible says, as it does in Genesis 15:18 that this land belongs to, I'm quoting from the scriptures here, to the seed of Abraham. We have to recognize that the Arab people are also a seed of Abraham. As you know, Abraham had by Sarah the child that became the heir to the nation Israel. But 
Abraham had another wife, and she gave birth uh, to, uh, to another offspring, Ishmael. Uh, and the Arab people say, we are the descendants of the children of Ishmael. You read about that in the Bible. Both are seeds of Abraham. So don't think you've got a claim for the state of Israel when you say all of this land should belong to the Israeli people because in Genesis 15, 18, this land was promised to the seed of Abraham. You can't say that and not acknowledge that the Arab peoples are in fact the seed of Abraham every bit as much as the Jewish people are the seed of Abraham. Check out your scripture. Uh, see uh, what's, uh, what's going on. Uh, I'm concerned about this because um, some prominent television personalities and radio personalities here in the United States uh, are saying, uh, we want Israel, uh, the Israeli government, to control all of Palestine, which rackles the, uh, the, the minds and hearts of the uh, Palestinian people who say they want to take away our homeland. And what's worse is the Israeli government has supported policies that have taken land away from uh, Palestinian people. Having said that, I have to make a strong point. Uh, the establishing of, Palest of Jewish uh, settlements on Palestinian land was going on at high speed up until just about three or four years ago. And so far as I know, in the last three or four years, there have been no new settlements established on Palestinian land. Now, there are half a million people living in settlements that are deemed illegal by the United Nations and that they are settlements on land that was ceded to the Palestinian people and literally stolen from them by uh, the Israeli government that established settlements there. And, uh, and the, the reality is that uh, they shouldn't be there. And that kind of thing has gotten uh, Arab peoples around the world angry and upset, and ready, ready to go to war. And the Arab peoples talk in ways that are frightening. We won't, I heard one Arab man say when I was in the Holy Land, we won't be satisfied until the state of Israel is destroyed and the Jews are pushed off of our land. Well, you can't get rid of them that easily. There's three million of them in, uh, in Israel now, and uh, people like Shane Claiborne and myself and the uh, Red Letter Christians as a movement support the state of Israel and believe that it should live within secure borders and should not be threatened by terrorists. They're things that we believe. But we also believe that the rights of Palestinians should be protected and that illegal settlements should not be established on Palestinian land, which is basically the West Bank. So uh, that's what we're here to say. That's what we're here to declare, uh, and that's a strong statement. This is Tony Campolo. The name of the show is From Across the Pond. It's called that because we put the show together at Cabrini University and Eastern University, uh, two Christian universities that sit just outside of Philadelphia. And uh, we, we are pleased to be here every week at this time. We're glad that uh, Premier Radio uh, gives us this time to share with you our convictions and our beliefs. Uh, you can write to us. Uh, you can write to me. Uh, go to uh, 
my website, TonyCampolo.org, or better than that, you can go to RedLetterChristians.org. If you're going to write to me, write to me personally, TonyCampolo.org. If you've got complaints and arguments, send them my way. I will take them seriously and talk about them on the air. Um, now that I've dealt with that aspect, I've got to tell you that the uh, Red Letter Christian movement is not only sympathetic towards the rights of Jews and Palestinians, we are also sympathetic to the rights of our uh, lesbian, uh, gay, uh, bisexual, transgendered uh, brothers and sisters. Um, the LGBT, and now we add the word Q uh, to that list, these are people who we feel have suffered at the hands of the church. Let me just say uh, that uh, suicide is now the second leading cause of death among young people ages uh, 10 to 24. Uh, one out of every six students nationwide in the United States, uh, that's in grades 9 through 12, has seriously considered suicide in the past year. This has a great deal to do with the uh, lesbian and gay and bisexual and transgendered society. Um, the uh, rate of suicide among these people who have struggling, struggled with their sexual identities is uh, four times higher than it is for straight youth. Did you get that? Those who are having trouble with their sexual identity Suicide rates for them is four times greater than the uh, general population of those who uh, commit suicide. If you're, if you're a lesbian or gay or uh, bisexual, transgendered, uh, Q, you're, you're four times more likely to commit suicide than those who are straight. Um, what's more is uh, the... Treatment of, of addiction is 12 times higher among those who are struggling with sexual identity. It should be noted that uh, those who commit suicide tend to not only be LGBTQ, we keep on using these letters, uh, people with struggles with sexual identity, but I have to say, say this, that they are simultaneously uh, people who are often rejected by their families. Family rejection is 8.4 times higher uh, among uh, uh, these people than the general population. So being rejected by their families because of their sexual identity, struggling with their own sexual identity, these are things that are driving people to suicide. And I would have to say that over the years, the church has been complicit in all of this. We have laid such guilt trips over people who have these sexual identities which they didn't choose. Most of us who are sociologists, most of us who are social scientists, would argue that people do not choose their sexual identity. And when I say that, people say, yes, they do. And I always ask people who are heterosexual, when did you decide to become a heterosexual? You don't ever decide your sexual identity one day you wake up. I am attracted, if you're heterosexual, to people of the opposite sex. If you're homosexual, you wake up one day and realize you're attracted to people of the same sex. You say, well, what causes this problem of being a, 
and it is a problem for all concerned, being attracted to people of the same sex? The answer is, we don't know. There is no scientific evidence that will support any theory. Uh, Some people on Christian radio will say things like, it's having a faulty identity uh, with your father. Uh, The boy who grows up and has a weak or absent father, uh, he's likely to become a, a, a homosexual. There's no evidence of that. As a matter of fact, if I had the time, I would spell out what's wrong with that theory. There are some who say it's inborn. It's somehow genetic. It's somehow a part of the genetic structure of the individual. No evidence of that either. There is no discovery of a, of a gay gene, as some have argued. Nobody knows what causes a homosexual orientation. What we do know is that people who are gay, uh, people who are bisexual, who are transsexual, they don't know how they got this way. They just don't know how they became uh, this uh, kind of a person who the church has made feel guilty uh, beyond words. May I point out that there are 520,000, did you get that number? 520,000 homeless children and teenagers in America. Let me repeat that. 520,000 homeless children and teenagers in America who are homeless because their families threw them out of the house. Have you got that? Let me put put it to you again. There are 520,000 children and teenagers who no longer feel welcomed in their own homes and are living on the streets, are homeless, because their sexual identity is something that has offended their families and their families reacted by tossing them away. These are what one judge here in the United States called the throwaway children. There are 1.3 million homeless children and youth here in the United States. 40% of those who are homeless on the streets of our cities here in the United States are people who are L. G, B, T, Q people, lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transgendered people, Q people. Let let me repeat that. 40% of those who are homeless in the United States, 1.3 million homeless children and youth are on the streets of our cities. 40% of them are there because their sexual identities have made them unwelcome uh, in their own homes and feel that they don't have a good place in their own homes. I don't understand parents who can throw away children. I, uh, I got to tell you this. There are some who will quote uh, Scripture and say, uh, doesn't the Apostle Paul say that those who are uh, enmeshed in sin are people from whom we should disengage? Uh, isn't there legitimation in Scripture for uh, kind of uh, distancing ourselves from those who are living in sin? Listen. If we distance ourselves from everybody living in sin, we'd end up distancing ourselves from everybody, period. Uh, I got to tell you, I love Jesus. I walk with him. But I will have to say that since becoming a Christian, I I have not become sinless. However, I'll put a caveat to that. I'm not sinless. But since becoming a Christian, I do sin less. I do sin less, and every day I'm struggling to 
overcome the dark side of my humanity. I'm with the Apostle Paul who writes, uh, the things that I don't want to do, I often end up doing. And the things that I should be doing, I often fail to do. Wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin, Paul writes in his epistle. And the good news is, he says, praise be to God who gives me this victory. If you're struggling, there's Jesus who can help you. There's Jesus who can support you. Now, it seems to me that a person who is struggling with sexual identity should be able to go to a pastor, should be able to go to a church and find the support that he or she needs there. Often that's not the case. Churches should be support groups for people who are suffering from sexual identity problems. Well, I've run out of time. I got so hot and bothered on these subjects that I just went on and on, foaming at the mouth. That's enough for today. This is Tony Campolo inviting you uh, to listen to this show again next week. The name of the show is From Across the Pond. We advocate, we promote Red Letter Christianity, a movement that takes the red letters of the Bible, i.e. the words of Scripture highlighted in many Bibles with red letters. We take them seriously and try to live them out. Thanks for listening and be back next week, and I'll try not to lisp on the show next week. Blessings and God watch over you.